0: Guys, I'm a little, a little down and out.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I, uh, I just, I, I don't have anything to do next Friday. What? I, yeah, I. Nothing I to do. You know, it's, it's the holiday season, mm-hmm. and uh, I just got, I have nothing going on
1: on a Friday night. Friday night. Friday, December second. Yes. You have nothing at all. That's it, and nowhere to be from. Anywhere between 6 to midnight. <clears throat> yeah. Or 7 to 11. Yeah,
0: that's, and that's the, unfortunately, on Friday nights, that's the time I feel most alone. Oh. That's the time I want to go out and drink the most. Oh. And if only there were a place I could go with a bunch of like minded people with maybe some fun and games and live music. And interviews. Yeah. What if they had interviews at this point? If they had interviews, place? my God, that'd be a dream come true. That'd be a Christmas miracle. I would get down on my knees and kiss the ground of wherever that was if I had interviews on top of all that. You heard it here, folks. Kissing the ground.
2: Kissing the ground. Wow. Well, I think we might all be kissing the ground. Why is that? Well, it turns out I, I checked our Google Calendar yeah, and We have something on the calendar. You know for, how to work them computer things? Believe it or not, I do. Next Friday, December 2nd, there's an event. By God. An event of the year, some are saying.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Does it have any of the things I just mentioned in Some for people
1: are saying it's the event of the year.
2: Some people wow. are saying that it has all of the things that you mentioned. Wow. It has music. It has interviews. It has fun, games, beer. And it's all going for... Towards a good cause. That's right. It is. What's this? What's this you speak of? Reed? The second annual Square Podcast Christmas Party. Wow. Yes, it's happening. <laughs> Sandy came early this year. Sandy came early. Yes, he, mm-hmm. he, he. We're kissing the ground that he came. Early.
1: Right. That's that's. Yeah, I'd be careful about these YouTube videos where you're or uh, Pornhub videos where you're searching where Sandy comes early. Yes. Oh. Well. <laughs> I don't
0: know nothing about that. Filth out <laughs> that's, of your mind. That's
1: not my idea of fun. Right, but, uh, Good, uh, clean fun,
0: Ree. Right, I don't know what Diamond right, Joe's uh, talking yeah, about.
1: Kiss the ground where Sandy came early.
2: <laughs> the Christmas no. party. Friday. Get out of my head. December 2nd at Days Park Tavern, 7 p.m. With interviews with Dr. Rusty Weaver, India Walton, and live music with TV Mountain, our friends. Yeah. As well as, uh, you know. Just ha- hanging out. Let me ask have you: Have a good time. Will there be a few surprises? There may be a few surprises. Wow! Right. Be prepared to be surprised,
1: but more importantly, be prepared with a ticket. Get your tickets. Right. I mean, Brian Noack will be there, so there's always a chance of surprises.
0: Well, you two have just turned my frown upside down.
2: Go. I'm no longer sad. We we're pimping out the link. You can find it where to buy the tickets. But in case you're just listening, you're like, "What do I do?" You can go to Eventbrite. You can search uh, Square Podcast Christmas Party. Thirty bucks, we'll get you a, get you a ticket in the door to have a good time. What get, else? Get you some food? Yes, get you some food.
0: Can can we promise that uh, attendance hearts will grow three times that day?
1: I mean, could be a cholesterol thing, maybe. right? Right. I mean, that it, that's, it, it, that counts, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's mathematically we can't prove it, but we got a blue check mark that says parody account. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
2: Yes, buy your tickets. Get them now. Get them while they're hot. Uh, and while they're available, because they're they're moving pretty quick as we get closer to the date, by the time you're listening to this, it will be maybe a day or so out, so be smart. And, and if you're sitting at seven eleven
0: wondering, you know what? Should I blow thirty dollars on a scratch off or should I go to this damn freaking Christmas party? Choose the Christmas party. You right. will def the odds of fun are definitely in your favor. Right. If also, you choose the Christmas
1: Also you party. have sixty dollars, buy both.
2: Ideally you win on the scratch off and then you can
0: you right. Know, well,
1: ideally, your,
2: yeah, pay for your tickets. But yes, get the tickets, have fun, meet us. If you're a listener and you don't know us, you like to meet us. That, that happened last year. We had some people we've never right, met yeah. before who just wanted to like hang out and talk to us. It was really cool, actually. Yeah,
0: guess what? Even though we're Buffalo celebrities, we're really down to earth, and we will talk to you. Right. Speak for, for thirty dollars a ticket. Speak for yourselves. Oh,
1: right. That's, that's, oh. I won't talk to any of you. Not even for thirty dollars a ticket. All right, yeah, for thirty dollars a ticket, I'll talk to anyone. Okay. Well. <laughs> We settled (laughs) that
2: anyway buy the tickets and enjoy this interview with Fillmore council member Mitch Nowakowski. All right, and we are back in the square with city of Buffalo common council member of the Fillmore district, Mitch Nowakowski, Mitch, what's up, man?
3: Thanks for having me guys. It's, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you, man. Uh, it's been what, almost a year now? Since you're last on the show? It's it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's, I mean, but this is your, your third appearance, right, with us?
3: I think so, yeah. Yeah. We'll oh. have to get
1: you a punch card. <laughs> Sandwiches.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: We got you a t shirt.
1: Yeah, I really love that. this
0: t shirt. Yeah.
1: The smoking jacket, right? Right, that yeah, yeah the that embroidery. Yeah, That the, the uh, your your fifth appearance gets you a smoking jacket. <laughs> really?
3: Yeah. You don't even have to smoke, but you just, you know, you might have to
1: pick up the habit though if you get that jacket. Are
3: there there cigarettes in the jacket? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, Sure. sure. Jim will take care of that. Don't worry.
1: Right. And a little like Art Deco tin.
2: (laughs) So, Mitch, we, uh, you know, it's been a minute. We're catching up with you here. How's your... I know it's weird to ask at almost the end of the year, but how's your 2022 been? How, you, how have you been? How's life?
3: You know, I'm out here surviving and living my life. Uh, but, uh, you know, so on a personal note, it's it's good to uh, to be here after November. And, you know, as you know, my partner uh, ran for, for City Court. And it's, uh, it's a lot to have uh, two politicians in, in, a, in a house. But um, we finally got back to, like, having dinner with one another. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, hi. I actually kind of like you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um and it was kind of like an adrenaline rush because no matter what I, you know, you know, it's was a full circle moment for us. Cause we're going up on being together for 10 years in December. And we were, I remember, you know, being graduating from Buff state and we lived above uh, a, a small apartment above the old roof, Franklin. And we kind of talked about each other's dreams. And I told him, you know, I wanted to you know run for public office and he told me he wanted to be a judge. So, you know, on election night we looked at each other and we're like, wow, we really did it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's important for me co- to to get that story out there because I want people to know that that power couples don't have to be look like Bill and Hillary. They can look like Mitch and Gary, uh, a black and uh, gay and interracial couple with an age difference. You know, and to show that we, you know, that you know our differences, um, you know, didn't inhibit our, our growth as, as people. And you know, to go out there and accomplish your dreams, it's your life. You got to live it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, hell yeah, I I. Mean, I Mitch, I I I think the world of you, but I really love Gary.
3: Uh, I mean, I, I mean, he I, sings and dances, so he right, usually yeah. is people's. He's people's, <laughs> yeah. usually people's and, and,
1: and, and I work still for the, time for you, Mitch. I, <laughs> I I worked I worked for the county for a long time. I mean, I worked with Gary frequently when I worked for the county, uh, when he was a director of labor relations and assistant director of labor relations before when Steve was still there, um, and. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I really, I do think the world of, of Gary quite a bit. I mean, I, I, he's just fantastic. So I couldn't have been happier that he uh, got elected to a full term.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he's someone that is going to bring like a lot of compassion to the, to the court. Um, And he's somebody that, you know, I kind of, even, even though I'm a council member, I, I like to be down to earth and talk to people and have real conversations. And, and I know he's going to be that guy on the bench and, um, you guys haven't, go, uh, the funniest time of campaigning with Gary was uh, he went to uh, Darius Bridgen's church and was going to address the crowd. And uh, the, the council president thought that Gary was just going to go up there and give a spiel. And Gary didn't give his spiel until he could sing his own gospel song. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was pumping up the crowd, did a whole verse. Wow. But, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of...
2: Uh, and this is this is I, I, a weird privilege or maybe not you tell me but i feel like a lot of other politicos you know their partners they they have to you know you, you said the campaign trail like they have to kind of like like oh my god okay you know we're gonna make these appearances or whatever on the campaign trail be the supportive one and it's like you're both <laughs> you're both elected so
3: what was that dynamic like i mean just seeing it from the other side or like i don't know so I'm definitely a stage mom. So I'm like, you have to shake everybody's hands, get out there and do this and do that. But, you know, I wanted him to you know, run for office and, you know, that was true to him. Uh, but it it really is a lifestyle. I mean, we, when I, sometimes I think back and, and we talk to our parents, you know, we're working 13, 14 hour days, you know, we don't come back until nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night and you have these crazy schedules. Um, so you, it, I think it almost was better that, that we're together because we understood what we needed to do. So there was no kind of, uh, you know, well, I miss you, or, you know, we need to talk about this or create a framework. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice that, that his, his sections over, but you know, think about it, you know, he can't be political. So I've, I've, he's been my political date for 10 years and now I'm gonna look at three handsome guys. I'm gonna need one of you guys to to come with me because now I'm, you know I'm 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 out there by myself. I love free drinks. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I like nice meals. Sorry, Adrian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I gotta go make an appearance, I, with Mitch. I, you gotta also be there when we're handing out food and when yes. we're at okay, the yeah. at, at the St. Luke's and yeah, yeah, and, and,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I can do all. Of, I mean, I I like hanging out with you, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's you can even tag me as Gary in pictures on Facebook. <laughs> oh. I <laughs> All right, Jim, you got to sing and dance. I it, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll practice my gospel.
3: Yeah, and, and you probably look good in a bow tie. Gary loves a bow tie, yeah, okay, so, okay. yeah. Oh, man. Well, Mitch,
2: uh, we're happy for you, happy for Gary, of course. Um, let's get down to, you know, the, the things that people aren't so happy about right now, or at least they weren't about a week ago, the damn snow. The, the snow, snow, it hits. It's Buffalo, believe it or not. It's it snowed out. Here. Can you
1: believe that? I, I, believe I, I live it. in Kenmore now. I <laughs> didn't get any snow, so I don't know what you guys are <laughs> talking about.
3: Yeah, I, so, you know, there was an ac- interesting conversation um, that I've been having because I was telling you guys a little bit earlier, like, being a council member is constituents every single day. So you are, you know, going... Uh, you know, you have to be super, super, you know, on and interactive and, and people were upset. But we were having a good conversation because in the in the in the burbs it's snow plowing because you can plow it in, plow it into a ditch or you can plow it uh you know into into more fields. But when you're in a city, it's snow removal because you need to move it and move it into 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 trucks. And w- what I really want folks to know is uh the seriousness of people driving during a snow ban or a travel ban. And I wanna always put this in the perspective of the way i look at it is you know as a public official i'm you know during a snowstorm i'm thinking about the elderly i'm thinking about people that have chronic illness i'm thinking about the person that that the woman that was three streets away from me that was giving labor if you are driving and you stuck your vehicle and your car gets stuck it's literally a threat to public safety and what you know we were seeing is a lot of cars getting abandoned um just being left and and cars getting stuck which then paralyzes the street for multiple hours. So think about all this heavy machinery and all this equipment going down side streets um, that is being tied up uh, because of, you know, really the negligence of, of, of certain folks. If you need Cheetos, don't drive, don't drive. Yeah. Right. You know, prepare.
1: Right. Right. I mean, if you need (laughs) Takis, Jim Jim understands still don't drive, but like, I mean, maybe walk to Rite Aid. Yeah. He's fine.
3: Bundle up. Right, Seven Eleven, big yeah. deal, and you know, and and I'm I'm sure because we, we collected a, a resolution, uh, Councilmember Chris Scanlon and Brian Bowman and myself because my district parts in the valley and in the ward, uh, you know, were the hardest hit in my district. And I would say probably the Precious Blood area, which is uh, if you go there, it's like that. It's the south of the Central Terminal. Chris, you know, the South District was hit hard, and Lovejoy was hit really hard. So, we're going to have a conversation of what we can learn, like. You know, not everything is perfect, you know, and, and there might be a plan, but you need to have the, the proper equipment um, and you know, everything lined up to execute that plan. So I want to get to the bottom of it and, and what we can do better um, for residents and, and you know, see, you know, do we do, do we need to go into a capital budget and, and and purchase $10 million of additional equipment? Because I think that our constituents want that, mm-hmm. um, you know, in municipal government is nuts and bolts. So we need to make sure that we're dealing with with. Uh, you know things that we can respond first to in the community, um, before you know before extras.
1: What and if it's if it's not just equipment, what if it's also additional DPW staff?
3: Yeah, it could be labor, it could be workforce, it could be, you know, it could be additional positions. It, it also, you know, sh- should we be raising the salary of of of, of these uh you know blue collared workers who really are the backbone of our. Of our uh, of our city um, and making sure that we have you know fair and, and enticing wages to to join you know I think about you know FDR and in the, the workers program those were you know great jobs you know yeah we yeah. get that beautiful photo, um, and that we should take pride in those positions. Jim, can you describe the photo? I uh, I, I found uh, I, I was unpacking, and
1: I found a photo that my great grandfather took of FDR when FDR came to visit Buffalo. Uh, so I mean, he's he's sitting just in a car and, and waving, and he's got he's surrounded by uh, Secret Service agents. Um, but uh, I mean, it, he's not standing. I I don't know if you know, but <laughs> this about mm-hmm. FDR, but he didn't stand very much. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's a a nice little, nice little picture, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, previously unpublished photo. Yes. It's in pretty good shape too. Yeah. Um, but to bring it back to the, to the snow
2: and and the plows, Mitch, I, I I think the general sentiment, at least, you know, whatever I picked up on social media, but I I know sometimes the social media doesn't match up with what people are really thinking and feeling in mass, but I, I think everybody's kind of sentiments aligned, at least folks that I've talked to, that we seemed, it, it felt a little slapdash, that we knew the storm was coming, we knew it was going to be incredibly bad, and, and the areas that were hit were going to be hit so bad, and yet even when the snow stopped, there still, you know, was days on out before we actually had, um, you know, the plowing that the roads were, were safe to travel through. I mean, I, I know you said, you know, you guys have resolution coming through, but do you have any thoughts, you know, anything in particular that really jumped out to you? Like, man, we could have done this a lot better as a city or...
3: Like, what was the thing you saw? You're like, okay, come on. The biggest pertinent thing that I really saw was the level of equipment. Because I live on a small one-way street. I'm like, there's no way this I can have this large plow go down there. But then my complete street was was done with uh, um, a Bobcat or... Um, it's not a hand truck, but a different, like with the smaller equipment moves it quicker and more rapidly. And, it the, you know, I think I want to get down to like the, the, the kind of the brass tacks of like the strategy of how to combat it. Because you had part of the city that really wasn't that hit. And then you had parts of the area that was what really hit. So, you know, if I'm driving around Allentown or on the lower west side for the beginning of the storm, it didn't see it's I was seeing a ton of of plows. Um, so dispatching what what when. You know, that's kind of what I want to know. You know, you know if this certain area is getting hit during this time, what's your response? Is it, are you plowing as the snow is falling? Are you waiting? Um, I kind of want to get down to the logistics of when you dispatch equipment, where and when.
1: Well, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, we were thinking, like, well, well, these places weren't really hit. But, like, I, I, I was, uh, you know, Sunday in, like, Elmwood Village. And while it wasn't hit as hard comparatively – like, look, uh, Linwood and West Utica were still a mess. I mean, there was still multiple inches of snow on the ground. Um, and, you know, like, I think that's because, like, you know, I understand, like, you know, it was difficult to, like, get to every place. Um, you know, this is one of the things that I bring up to people when they say they they complain about the city's snow removal is that, like, you got to remember, like, when you're looking at, like, the su- suburbs with snow removal, the city has some state routes but not the level of state funding that the suburbs have. And the city has literally zero county lines. And the county lines that the county addresses are, in a lot of cases in the suburbs, the majority of the the roads. I mean, you know, the, the county of Erie has more miles of highway that they cover than the entire state of Rhode Island. When people go, well, Buffalo didn't do this, but Hamburg did this. Yeah, well, Hamburg had town, village, and county and state addressing it, whereas the city of Buffalo is like city of Buffalo addressing it.
3: Yeah, like there's those multiple layers of, you know, and, and, and those folks in, in the suburbs are paying for it. You know, if you were living in the Village Orchard Park or East Aurora um, or Williamsville, you're getting, you know, tremendous no removal pretty quick and rapidly, but you are paying that in your village tax. And, you know, as you know, you know we, we represent a city of, of people that, 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 that don't have that extra income to have another layer. Um, you know, so we're like you said, we're responding as a, as a uh, you know, a totality of a city. But
1: that said, tell me about the GPS and why it broke down. So I do. (laughs) (laughs) The
3: people demand answers about, you know, that reporter, really. you know, I actually really felt for the mayor when when he was almost accused of taking down the GPS uh, by a contractor. I mean, that was a really harsh, uh, you know, like, you know, accusation, you know, because uh, you know, it was the first time that the city did it. Of course, you know the administration and the council, and anybody that purchased, you know, the uh, the GPS uh, wanted that contractor to really work and hit, to hit it out of the park. Um, but it is was subcontracted out, so that's we need to really do the autopsy of uh, why did this fail, um, and and ask the, the company that we paid for it. Um, because folks were really looking forward to it and you know there are kinks that that do need to get worked out I, you know there's more buttons and i think it needs to be more interactive and so i want to sit down with them my myself or hope i hope they come to council chambers
2: yeah th- my biggest thing is like and, and i understand logistically you're not gonna obviously get everything plowed in one day or even two but it just felt as though like okay the snow stopped i know there was a lot of it and yet there are a good two days that you know parts of the city parts of the area were still paralyzed that they mm-hmm. couldn't you know the travel ban obviously being in place and, and it makes sense but i just think of it from like the margins of your small businesses your bars like even one more day mm-hmm. especially right around christmas time when people are going shopping yeah. you know that's really a big time for a lot of these businesses or you're out and about around the holidays like we need we need to do better the next time this happens and i know these once in a fucking you know generation snowstorms are about every 10 years now so it's happening with a degree of regularity that's quite frankly frightening but um mm. how we react to it i think we really have to be more prepared because again like i just think that that's one day that a bar could have been open and all of a sudden they weren't and maybe that's the you know well i mean the, yeah, uh,
1: let, 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 let's be fair based off my social media you're right like this the small the stores got hit but the bars were open and people were there. <laughs> I mean I, <laughs> I, I I am friends with a lot of people in South Buffalo. And like like those bars were open and everybody was there. Like so like nobody was stopping at like and buying like like an Irish wool sweater and taking <laughs> Let's it think home. about The bars, everyone. But yeah. the bars That's were doing okay. <laughs> I mean, and who I, I don't I don't know about the 911 Tavern because I never know what when they're open and when they're not. <laughs> they, they like they're like like Brigadoon has more regular hours than the 9-11 Tavern. <laughs> Best wings in the city, though,
2: for my oh, money, oh no doubt, love them. Well, we had some you know we had some elections around here, Mitch, and uh, you're, you're an elected official. You you pay attention to some of these things. I, I would venture to say. Uh, including the city judge race. I, I, I hate to be, I hate when the sports reporters are like your thoughts, but when I do this, sometimes I'm like, I have nothing better to say than your thoughts. So let me channel my inner Jerry Sullivan,
3: your thoughts on, and Buffalo city court. Yes. Yes. That's for the election of Sam Davison and, and the honorable Gary uh, Wilson.
2: I, I, I figure we have some thoughts
3: on uh, Gary, but what about, the, what about the other, uh, you know, I really think that, you know, you know especially when it when it went it you know to talking about Gary I think that he ran a great race and uh, you know it's having somebody LGBTq on the bench and, and another person of color and another a uh, black male on the, on the bench is super important and I'm happy and I'm and I'm, I'm happy for Sam Davis um, you know who who was a hard worker on the campaign trail because I, I know him and Gary were crisscrossing the city and it's good to have you know more representation um, on the bench of city court and, and I'm you know very confident that they're both gonna Really work hard on that bench and, and and make that courtroom their own and uh you know put their own their own touch to it.
2: I I know I know this would be a better question for Gary, but we have you here um, to kind of give us an, a unique insight. Right, yeah. and is I think it,
3: Gary would be good to to come on because I think should we should get Gary yeah because yeah. it really is when he talks sometimes I'm like okay all right you know because it's 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 definitely not my uh my my realm.
2: Right. Well, well, we'll talk. I, I think we can get him on the show at some point. I'd love to talk to him, but um, I, I guess like looking at these races, like uh, from, from your, and, and again, you have a, a personal connection. You're very <coughs> personal, but w- what is it? What does it mean to you as somebody on the common council, like with these races? I, I guess like if you were, I'm thinking if you're knocking on the doors and somebody brings up to you, like, Hey, you know, city court, what's that all about? Or what would, what would you as council member, Mitch, Nokowski tell him like, why, why do you care about this? Why is it important?
3: Yeah, you know what I've learned a lot from Gary in the sense of like how hard it is to run for judge because you cannot... Uh, opine on issues or, or legislation um, and you have to to re, you know make sure like what you, how you're interacting and t- talking to folks is, is narrow but from my purview I'm knocking on a door or I'm on Franklin Street and someone says, you know Mitch why should I go out and vote uh, for city court it's super important that we these are tenure terms and it's super important that you have somebody uh, on the bench that's going to be fair and someone that's going to be, uh, you know, equitable because city court is, you know, you're seeing everything. You know, when there's times when I know, you know, uh, Gary's got to go in on, on a special term and, and, and make really tough arraignments. Um, and you can't just have somebody, you know, on the bench that's just, you know, trying to, you know, jam things through or slam the book. But you really want someone that's going to, like, look at it from almost like a case, a caseworker perspective, almost like a, like a, like a, you know, how do we remedy this situation so that I don't have this pe- person appear for me again? And you know, I'm glad that Gary and, and and Sam have that mindset of like, how do we actually get this person uh, from A to B instead of just looking at, at at their assumed crime? For sure.
2: Well, moving on from uh, you know somebody who sounds pretty level, measured, uh, you know, happy news. I guess it's happy news.
1: Um, oh, are we talking about state supreme court? Oh no, never mind. Oh oh. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite no we are we are talking it's, it's about just somehow worse than oh, never mind
2: well somehow worse so it, it, it's no surprise to any of our listeners certainly um, there is a uh, nationally obviously we know the effects of trumpism maga whatever what have you but here in Western New York uh, we have it very much kind of the heart of it here is is in West Seneca we've identified yes. And it's unfortunate, you know. West Seneca is a nice place, a lovely community, and yet um,
1: I love Ebenezer.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: That's just fantastic,
2: nice spot. Oh yeah, um, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I love. Listen, I love West Seneca. Growing up in South Buffalo, West Seneca is right there. And in fact, you could argue that West Seneca has become so conservative because it, it used to be like there, there. It's funny you see like the, and you could probably speak on this a little bit, Mitch. But there's like different migration paths in western new york for like different um uh different ethnic groups so for instance like the polish have moved throughout history from kaisertown basically like all the way down clinton street out to like marilla almost and so you know there's different like or like
3: lancaster and in Chuktawaga and right you know yeah
2: right and, and so like south buffalo it's like okay you see like more and more moving west seneca orchard park what have you um, so a lot of those like conservative factions that you would identify from South Buffalo have probably since become West Seneca people. Hence the fact that we get Sandy and Magnano's uh,
3: mm. brewing in, in West mm. Seneca who just, man, what a piece of work uh, she is. So I'm going to really even get to a, you know, to the viewers, I'm going to get to a very serious place because it actually happens at the same time. So we have someone very dangerous in Sandy and Magnano who came decently close in a state assembly race against pat burke and uh you know i i i spoke out against her uh you know with a group of uh, folks from stonewall and and uh trans uh, act- activists and some of the older guard um because of sandy's absolutely abhorrent and dangerous rhetoric that she has on social media and i'll just go to to one uh really stupid 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 uh retruth or whatever she said and it says that you, we should be teaching uh, children how to uh change gears not gender and uh then retweets things that links uh uh gay gay men to uh like uh pedophilia These are age-old tropes, and they're dangerous tropes, and we're seeing people, and we're seeing a breeding ground on social media um, that's radicalizing people, and I could think that there's a direct connection to all of this hate and breeding ground to why a 22-year-old with a semi-automatic weapon would go into a gay club and start shooting. It is absolutely important. We need to all hold people accountable, so when we see things on social media, we need to start uh, you know, holding these people accountable. And then they are going to then run for public office and have, uh, you know, have their, this, this demonizing rhetoric in the public square. And there is a direct link. And I am very thankful that she did not win. Um, I know that I will work very hard to make sure that seat never goes to somebody like Sandy Magnano. Um, and, uh, you know, and in talking about the, the Colorado shooting, you know, we all, you know, we're, we're talking earlier, you know, that people don't understand, um, you know, the importance of, of gay, you know, LGBTQ spaces or gay bars. And to, just to go down, you know, like a hist- history, path, there was times, you know, in uh, our, our, generation where you, it was illegal for two people of the same uh, sex to to even dance at a bar without getting billy clubbed by the police and there's you know historical ways of that, that that was their meeting space you know LGBT people wanted to go out they couldn't they were to meet somebody they couldn't meet them at their house they couldn't meet them in their neighborhood um, because they you know were out of fear of being outed so those you know throughout history have been sacred spaces where where, where folks have gotten together and mm-hmm. you've seen you know the dra- you've seen you know drag culture you've seen dancing you've seen music you've seen Kind of um, elements of the LGBTQ community uh, to go there and to have somebody go in there and shoot it up, and you know we we forget there's so many shootings we keep forgetting. You know the one of the most deadly shootings um, was the Pulse nightclub that, right, that yes. took over 50 people in 2016, and, and at that time was the most deadliest uh, mass shooting. And you know it breaks my heart, and I really just thought to myself, you know how like scared i I feel like we all are to like go to these public spaces to go to these spaces because it really could be anywhere um but to then just violate a community and it goes back to these age old tropes um of you know of, of kicking the lgbtq community and making us red meat for for viewers um and we are we all know that that dangerous rhetoric um and that red meat literally costs lives and, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, in the world of social media, you know, when someone says it's was it retweeted or shared, you know, you have we have to hold people accountable. And it's 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 not a joke. And, uh, you know, I just I just wish that, you know, common sense folks like even, you know, Republicans, people that that do vote or have these proclivities would say, whoa you know it's one thing to run as a republican but to to but then propagate all this uh, all this hate and, and and really just sickness um and and i think that you know we're seeing younger folks becoming more radicalized and we've got to do something about it
1: Well, I would say, uh, and and I would call to our listeners, you know, we mentioned like you see it on social media, you should, you should address it, but you know, really you see it in person Mm -hmm. when you, when you have, whether it's, it's somebody, you know, whether it's a relative or it's, it's somebody you don't know uh, saying something like that, you definitely need to call them out on it and and you need to address it immediately. Uh, you, You can't, you can't let it sit. You you can't let that fester, um, especially like especially when it, it's a relative, and that might be the most uncomfortable situation when it's a relative. But because generally there are probably also like younger relatives around who are going to hear it, and they need to hear you counteract that because if you don't, they're going to take that that it's okay.
3: And there's a rumor that that that's, that Sandy Magnano could be a uh, a candidate for uh, Joe Larigo's old seat and you're damn well straight know that, that we need to all be activated in the LGBTQ community and, and everyone else uh, needs to be activated to make sure that she doesn't have that seat to elevate somebody who thinks this, to allow them uh, a, a position of, of authority um, to, to, to demonize folks. It's, it's sick. And when, you know, a lot, like I would like to say, a lot of folks is like, you know, when LGBT people or, or any other, you know, kind of a, a community comes together and speaks out, we really need our allies. That's when we need you off the off the bench and on the field and 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 really put a stop to it.
2: Well, and politically speaking, I mean, the rampant transphobia, the homophobia, the uh, the groomer, oh, you know, discourse uh, that the Republicans are oh. propagating and peddling for the past year or two. I mean, well before that, but it it ramped up in the, in this election cycle was a non-starter. It was a loser for them politically, right? It didn't, didn't pull well. That didn't really bring them much success anywhere. Uh, And yet cynically, like that doesn't matter for them because at the end of the day, violence against LGBTQ people still happened. It it activated the people like, um, like the Colorado shooter. It's, it's emboldened the worst segments of our society to, you know, either, Talk in such a way that, like, you denigrate our our LGBTQ neighbors and friends, or to go out and actually perpetuate real fucking violence. Um, it's empowered these people, and I know a lot of times, especially like people like us who are the stupid don't say gay bill.
3: We're, yes, we're, right. we're talking it's about drag. We're talking about what? drag queens, and, uh, th- and it's like, what the hell are these people talking about? And you know, we're seeing this spill over into school board uh, meetings, where, where where they're all entire school board meetings um, are are just literally a breeding ground of beating up on on, on 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 the gay community, on LGBT people, on trans people, on drag queens, and linking us to to, to horrificness. And you know, when we're all just really just trying to friggin' exist,
1: right? What? But one days don't say gay. Think. Goodness, Zeldin didn't get elected because yeah, that was something that. But but then also like, I I just I it, it just boggles my mind when people are doing this and they're beating up on the LGBTQIA community and and those individuals and they're beating up in like school board meetings and they don't think that like there are kids in their district who are hearing this and are hearing them beat up on them and thinking that people hate them
3: and i link it to this story so i knew kind of i knew when i was gay was i, I don't know if i've told you the story but when i was in the third grade i was watching this back to new york real world with my sister in the, in 2000 and michael Coral went to like a, a gay club and they were dancing and i saw they Two guys were were kissing, and um, they had said the word "gay." So I uh, actually grew up on the street that Pepper currently lives on. So I walked down to the library and I looked up the word and and what it meant. And the librarian said, "Mitchell, that's not a nice word. You shouldn't look that up." So then (laughs) I, for like so long, thought. I was a terrible I that something was seriously wrong with me and that the, that this word that I think that I was connected to was bad. So words matter, and especially when you're when you're an adult and you have people that don't have access to to resources, you're going to walk around I walked around <laughs> feeling bad for 10 for, for well, more than a decade, um, you know, growing up thinking that that I, what I that I was wrong.
2: Yeah. No, and and like and it starts it starts with the kids and you see a lot of like homophobia amongst, you know, Youth, at least that I did when I was growing up, it would be derogatory, you know. I I, I, would. I
1: I will say, having uh, a a younger nephew now, that seems to be less of a thing than it was like when we were growing up, right. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But but my point is,
2: my point is, it came from their parents. Like, that's where, that's
1: where that shit came from. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like these kids all of a sudden thought,
2: oh, I'm going to call somebody gay as a slur and that's going to be a funny thing to say. They learned it from their parents, who then they brought it into the school and then it became like, oh, okay, this is the bad thing to call somebody. So that's when I'm going to do that. And shit like this, it's like, we're going to further deep, and I'm glad to hear that it's lessened, but it, it, just sets us backwards as a society, as a people that we're demonizing these people who
3: again, friends, relatives, neighbors, just trying to fucking exist. Just want to be, just want to be. And, and, you know, let's not, you know, forget that, you know, the numbers are staggering. So the last year was the deadliest year for transgender folks. Uh, Over 50 of them were recorded by the human rights campaign that were murdered and they often go unreported or they go misreported, you know, or they misgender somebody or they dead name them or it's, you know, it's usually connected to some other forms of violence. So it's really not accurately recorded over 50 And, you know, we have to have honest conversations, um, you know, because at times, you know, these folks are getting also killed by uh, intimate partners. So, you know, we have to have these conversations and, you know, just to link it back to like a... A really good thing that that came to my mind that when you said is the importance of city court and Gary getting on. And, you know, there's times where, you know, in our community, like if two people are, are you know, are experiencing domestic violence, the officer will just say, Oh, two guys were fighting. Well, no, okay. <laughs> these, these guys are, are living together. They're husbands right. or they're together, you know, so you have to have somebody that gets that and understands that and, and has that type of sensitivity to, to address these, these issues and and to provide accuracy um, in support.
1: So we talk about Sandy Magnano, Um So we, we talked about with uh, Jeff on the pre-election uh, day campaign finance thing was that Sandy's clearly paying for certain things and not reporting them on her, on her finance uh do you do you know anybody who on the campaign finance police who can help like help us like
3: patrol her? <laughs> good good question. But I'm glad and I'm glad you brought it up. I think this is something that we should look into. Yeah, I no, I I think I think it's something that like should be brought up, especially like because she has been
1: bandied about as like a potential like replacement for Larigo in the county legislature. How could the
3: Erie County Republican Party want to promote and uplift somebody like that? I mean, honestly, God, they really have to look at themselves in the mirror. They really do.
1: I mean, I mean, I think their mirror looks a lot like the the painting of Dorian Gray. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I sincerely hope, look, you know, Mike Crocker is by no means any kind of saint or is, it, is he any really different? The, his values are any different than Lee Zeldin, Nick Langworthy, Carl Paldino. No, probably not. But on the cold, cynical side of things, the political side, the, the real politic of this is that this shit doesn't work. Like, I'm sorry, like Sandy Magnano, it's not the path forward for you for political success.
3: What it, I mean, again, it breeds violence. It at, breeds, my exp- at our expense, yeah. At,
2: yeah, it breeds hatred, right. but it does not yield you uh, any real tangible results. I, I truly do not believe that most Americans, most people in, in Erie County, in Western New York, um, we don't hate gay people. We're, we, right. we embrace, like, my God, I, I know, you know, Pride parade is not saying just because we have a great pride parade doesn't mean we necessarily embrace uh, the LGBTQ community. And yet that pride parade, man, was popping. It was love. Like this community, we love
1: our gay, straight, uh, trans, everybody well, and, here. And, and, you, and you, you're starting to see that there are pride parades in other communities besides just the city of Buffalo, which I think is really important to, for showing the spread of that appreciated and that acceptance my, my yeah. point is dump the losers like dump the sandy mcdonald's
3: you don't need that shit dump them i mean you know if you it, we really you know i just i did I can't believe we're it's 2022 and we're still like you know that this is still a thing where we where, where parties embrace bigots i mean it's just absolutely atrocious
1: yeah no i mean she's absolutely the the worst i do wonder uh We can cut this all out. Uh, (laughs) Real politic-wise, like, were they to appoint her to fulfill the vacancy, which means that they they would probably endorse her for re-election, might it be a good spot for the Democrats to potentially pick up that seat because she is so abhorrent to the average person that maybe they could actually knock her out of that seat that has been a relatively safe, I don't want to say Republican seat because Joe Dorrigo has been conservative, (laughs) but a non-Democrat seat in the county legislature
3: i mean you're right i mean there's always opportunity and i I think that you know when i was trying to you know because she got a lot of votes and she she did but i mean i mean she would also mobilize up a lot of people against her i would hope i I, i'd be there
1: i i i I think a lot of people would show up to be like absolutely against this person i'm not saying i think that she would necessarily 100 percent lose but i think that like she could if she was the incumbent, she makes it a lot more competitive than the Republicans would like it to be, especially when they're gonna they want to focus on like John Gilmore, like they're it's gonna divert their resources in a way that they don't want to have their resources diverted. But you're like Gilmore won by like what like seventy six votes or something like nonsense, like it was very close last time.
3: Yeah, I think he did have a, t- had a tougher time.
1: Right. Well, and, and so uh, well, that's all right. That's enough of that. No, of no, no.
3: I
2: mean, listen, it's it's all academic, but I will say um, a, a lot <laughs> from that same festering breeding ground. You know, we do have the Mickey Kearns victory, the same election cycle. You know, it's like is Mickey is frothing, you know, red meat at the mouth as uh, a Sandy Magnano. I, I would say no. At the same time, you know, he was uplifting uh, the same sorts of people kind of guy going on Tucker Carlson uh, regularly. And it's like, all right, we, we beat one of these people, but there's still plenty of that around. You mentioned the number of votes you got in West Seneca. I mean, it's it's here. We have to combat it. Um, and we, we can't, I don't know, can't give it any more oxygen, can't let it
3: grow because it's... Uh, Fuck, man! Yeah, no, you no, you cannot beat up on an immigrants. No, you cannot beat up on LGBT people. No, you cannot beat up on people of color. No, you cannot beat up on poor people for your political gain because you you feel that it's it's your pathway to victory because, you, like you said, you lose, but then you then endanger communities. Right, it's a it's a threat to uh, social welfare mm-hmm. of of people here in Buffalo, West New York, the nation, the world. Um, I you know there's something that came to my mind. I wanted to t- chat with you guys about yeah. that. I think that you guys would really like. It's a new initiative. I just filed it um, for the council for for Tuesday. And I'm going to send it to Civil Service Committee. I went to a really um, wonderful panel of the intersectionality of LGBT people and people with disabilities, and the panel was incredibly like th- these folks. I give them hats off for for telling their stories. And but it was we had some tough conversations. And um, you know. It, what the way that people people living with a disability in the the city of Buffalo and in Western New York feel overlooked. They feel cast aside. They feel pushed aside. They don't feel included. And, uh, we, uh, one individual was t- was showing us messages about dating you know because oftentimes you know people with living with a disability we asexualize them we make, right. make we, you know we make them out to be you know we, we cast the the dispersion that that they don't work in the workforce and that they don't want to go on a date or they don't want to use uh you know they that they can't use paratransit to get to where they want to go to really participate in life and is that not true what's that never mind <laughs> well, I, if, if, you know, my, you guys really should also interview my, my friend, uh, BJ Stasio. He's, okay, uh, he's a, sure. an old first ward uh, resident. Um, he told me his, his godfather is Jimmy Griffin, a wonderful person to talk about. Um, he's like the disability advocate of all time. And, you know, we, we were some of these folks were telling stories about dating and, and what they get on, on like the horrificness that, that people text them and dating apps. Like, it is horrible. I mean, the way that we treat one another is horrible. According to, to, to the federal law, the ADA, um, in the 1973 Act, uh, you can't uh, discriminate on, on the basis of, of disability. So every municipality that has over 50 individuals and gets federal funding has to have an ADA coordinator to make sure that the municipality is adhering to um, all the laws. And that's like the real breakdown is, you know, we have someone um, that's designated that's just... Uh, making sure that the city's in compliance, but really we need an advocate uh, to to have some of that in city hall. That's preferably somebody living with a disability, um, and can speak to those issues on a day to day basis. But also try to improve our city systems uh, that you know f- that interact with people with disabilities. You know when you're thinking about infrastructure dollars and fixing up parks, and you're thinking talking about bus stops, um, you're talking about uh, you know services that are offered. Um, in city government you know we really need to have that voice so I filed a resolution to uh, create an ada advocate and then put it in the city budget um, to create a to create a panel because I think that as a community and as we grow and move forward we, we really cannot be um, you know overlooking that community who when you hear this panel and they talk about some of the issues that they face every day. Like it's tough. And, you know, I think that we need to, you know, start bringing them in and, and, and having, you know, more conversations so that they could speak in, in to, to what they live through and, and tell us more about their stories and, and how we can be better um, to that community.
2: I mean, <laughs> we talked about the snow at the top of the show here. And I think that's a prime example that our, our city having, you know, I would say mediocre to lack luster at times, um, strategy for snow removal for even um uh you know cleaning up the sidewalks and things like that. That's a disability issue. Mm -hmm. That's that's hey, people with disability have to work. They have to go around uh you know they have to take the bus. They if if depending on your level of disability, you might not be able to shovel yourself out. Right. You might you know even if you have a car you can drive it, you might not have the capacity to do that. Um again, some of these are are micro issues, but the macro is like, all right, In the city, we have folks who are who who need us to be allies. Like we need to be cognizant of, hey, the actions that we have are, are not just for, for you know the folks who can. I'm talking all over myself
3: here, but what I'm really trying to say is that we need to be mindful. I think you're right. That's a great initiative, Mitch. Yeah, and what they what I didn't know is the the one of the most popular. Um Boost at the Erie County Fair was the um the neurocognitive to room for people that have sensory issues, um and I think that you know when we're you know having spate like large public events and and you know if we're having the Taste of Buffalo or we're having Pride or we're having you know these large scale events we really have to plan it with them in mind too and think about you know how do we you know include. Um, them safely and, and so that they could participate and live full and healthy lives. Because, you know, talking to these folks, I just really I was astonished um, with how bad they felt and, and excluded um, from, you know, and, th- and think about it, you know, we take for granted, you know, going on dates, being able to driving a car, going to work, um, being viewed at as, as you know, as a productive member. And these folks are really, you know, um, you know, not able to live to their, to their greatest potential. Do you
0: think Buffalo, Erie County is particularly bad in that regard as opposed to like maybe other progressive communities in the country? (laughs) That's like Wyoming County.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question because as, as you know, as BJ and I have become really close, we're looking like through a lens of like, what does that look like? What is a model that we would replicate? And, um, I think that the first thing is, you know, like like he says, is, is starting to have the conversation and, and including us in, in in mind. I'd like to see, uh, you know, the city of Buffalo take the lead and be, try to be the most accessible city um, there is. Um, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because, um, you know, we could encourage. Uh, I mean, it's it's really, you know, living with a disability is just, it just uh, just makes, it's just we're all different, right sure. We all learn different, we all interact different, we yeah. all have different capabilities. Um, and I think that you know if we move forward to have a really accessible city, I think it just makes us stronger and and hopefully you know takes the lead of how other municipalities can do it Great.
2: right Why don't we set the pace you well, know why, pace. why don't why don't we be the city that's on the vanguard? that's that's one thing that always kind of bugs me about um, Buffalo in general is that our, our reluctance to be like ahead of the curve. you know we there's so many things that Buffalo. We're, we're so uniquely suited um to be the vanguard and wh- why, not? Like, why not why not why can't buffalo be the progressive community like hey we're stepping up to make the city much more accessible to disabled folks like right. we're you know we were the front even when the marijuana stuff we talked last year jim like hey we could be the city that leans into you know being new york state being so close to Canada right. and the Midwest, uh, we could lean into being like the the city of the green city. You know, these right. are these are different things that, um, I I I don't know. I, I wish there was more of a will willpower to want to be ahead of things as yeah. opposed to reacting to them.
1: But sounds like there is some willpower here, though. There
2: is no, <laughs> and that's why we need more
3: uh, people like you, Mitch. Because frankly, you know. That's why I'm running for re-election in 2023. Right. Let's go! Uh, Let's go! I'm, exci- I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, the time really went went by fast, but. Um, I'm I'm really grateful and, and and honored to to be able to have this position and you know we've accomplished a lot of things you know when I, the first things that I did was um you know was to to uh, advance and, and pass lead laws lead safety laws and really mimic what they do in Rochester to, to remediate lead the two highest uh, lead poisoning uh, zip codes are in Broadway Fillmore in, in my district um, and it just goes to the housing stock and for folks that don't know there's a ton of research out there that links um you know lead poisoning with Various outcomes in poor neighborhoods. You know, people. There's a, there's a study that says that people sitting in prison are more likely to have uh, higher rates of lead in their blood, right? And it has cognitive, cognitive and behavioral issues. So when we're seeing student achievement, or we're seeing impulse behavior in certain neighborhoods. Um, we can direct it right to to their housing stack and uh, people. You know, when we were growing up, they said, "Don't eat the paint chips." Well, it's that's a lie. It's literally you can get lead poisoning by someone opening up a window. Your mom opening up a window and putting in a in a, in a window fan to cool right, you down. Right. Those particles yeah, could be enough airborne. to poison you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, you yeah. know, um, you know when we also see, but but to be fair, please
1: also don't eat lead chips. <laughs> yes, please <laughs> don't also do don't. As delicious <laughs> as they look, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. I mean, like, do not eat the lead. Right. Paint like, chips. I mean, like. I don't care how much was around. Please also don't eat the lead. You t- can t- also drink it if there is a water issue too. Right? right. Yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. plenty
3: of there's right. plenty of ways to get your lead tight. And we need to talk. About, and if we're going to talk about rebuilding neighborhoods, we need to talk about healthy and sustainable and affordable housing. You know, I that's uh, like my thing. You know, when I see money get spent in workforce development, or I see uh, money get spent in other ways. Literally, it won't. It, all that is meaningless if we, if someone doesn't have stable housing. Right. If you don't have a place to live, then it's not safe. Yeah, you know, you're you're less likely to take um, your HIV medication. You're less likely um, to go. You know, make sure that you're going to school. Make sure you're taking proper medications and taking care of yourself. So I think we need to talk about. Um, ways that we can not only build generational wealth but how we can house people and hold slumlords accountable because if you go on ashley street or pack and and lydell and and, in those areas in the broadway bailey area you see um you see decades of of despair uh, at the hands of of slumlords so tackling that you know i've done another thing where you know historic preservation i have four historic districts in my district um and you know i'm trying i'm i'm moving into advancing uh, an initiative um, to acquire buildings that were in the cobblestone district by eminent domain um, from a negligent landlord um, to make sure that we have a warning shot to, to folks saying that you're not gonna allow buildings to fall down um, on all of our heads, especially those that have historical significance. We've been able to do, you know, really other, other cool things. Um, You know, we have a language and access and disability plan in the common council and, a whole plethora of things that I've been able to do. So I'm excited to get back out there and, and hit the pavement. And, you know, I, I, we were talking earlier before running for council. I lost 33 pounds. I went from one night in the one starting out. I was in one sixties. My suit didn't fit. I was sunburned, <laughs> um, going up to stage and claiming victory, but um, I thrive on, on, talking to people and, and, and talking to voters nice. and um, I'm confident in, in, uh, you know, everything that I've done and I continue to do. To, I, to I do was again. also
1: in the 160 at one point in the 2000s. Were you? <laughs> yeah, it's,
3: a, it's been a long time since I was that. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember I was like a 42 uh, suit, and then I was like a 40, I think I lost like a whole suit size. Oh, and wow. so like I look at these pictures, I'm like, why am I looking? Like I'm wearing my father's suit? <laughs> God.
2: It, it's amazing, <laughs> you know, as we kind of forecast uh you know we're we're not going to talk about specific elections right now in 2023 um but i will say as we kind of forecast out and we look at it um that there could be you know competitive elections at the city level coming up it is amazing that like as you're you're talking about mitch like it's like the pound the pavement is so key to any kind of election effort i've worked on campaigns i can speak to that myself um it's it really is i don't want to say as simple as that but (laughs) It's like that level of hard work is what tips the balance of
1: campaigns. You know, it's, like, not
3: a, it's not a cute tweet. Not, I mean, no, no, it's no, not I a cute tweet.
1: <clears throat> I, I remember the first county legislative race that Pat Burke won. And at the uh, at, at the end of the race, he took a picture of himself with the three pairs of shoes that he wore out going door,
3: to door. I, I went through three, and but I got my nine holes. I was making $37,000 for the comic <laughs> council and they were like, I think they were like on sale for $59 yep. and it usually, every single time I needed a new pair of shoes, somebody would, it would be like a nice woman that's like, baby, you really need, you know, you, you should go back to get some new shoes. You like Kohl's? You know, yeah, well, we love I Kohl's cash. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to. I mean, I, yeah. like, I was yeah. on a, I was on a budget. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know. still
0: love Kohl's no matter, no matter yeah. what.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember. Right. I mean, we don't, we don't have that common council cash, so we're yeah. still on budget right. here. <laughs> 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 I know how it goes. Yeah,
3: yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, to, to, to run again, and, and it's been a whirlwind, especially you know starting in, in January 2020, and then three months later you get COVID, and. Um, You know, it's, it's been, we live in a really, I don't know if it's always been this turbulent, but it certainly feels turbulent. Um, It certainly, certainly feels, you know, volatile um, with when when we're talking about mass shootings and and hatred and, um, you know, a pandemic and and inflation and, and things that are really affecting everyday people.
2: Yeah, and it's it's funny because I listen. We're all still glued to our fucking phones, you know. We're always on the internet, and yet I feel like there is almost like we're we're becoming more and more increasingly tired of it, or there's just like a a social media overload. And so I think that as time goes on, like we had we had the peak social media probably around 2016, Donald Trump's election. I I don't know. I'll let the scholars figure out the correlation there. But what I will say is I think that. Um, Back to my point about, hey, your point, Mitch, about pounding the pavement really being what tips the scales on this. It's like, yeah, it's not about firing off like the huge tweet. It's not about having, you know, the social media. Even your John Fetterman's of the world who, you know, got a lot of renown for his social media. He also went out and fucking campaigned his ass off. You can do whatever you want on social media, everything on tweets. You got to do it. There's got to be real action. There's got to right. be real relationships. And right.
3: and, and to talk about real things. So especially running for council, like you have to know, you know, you have to know what the, what, what you can do as a council member for, there was a time when I was running my primary, I was like, man, I feel like the, the I'm the candidate that's promising the least because these there, I'm going to build this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And everything's going to be, you know, hunky dory and amazing when you elect me, like you have to have a plan, you know, and if you're, if something sounds a little outrageous, be like, well, how do you get that done? How do you plan on getting that done? Right you know, and, and, you know, folks know when you're lying to them, you know, they know that when you're, when you're, when you're feeding them a, a fairy tale um, and, you know, you got to sometimes have uncomfortable conversations. I've been kicked off porches. I've been welcomed. I'm on, on, you know, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing and it's fluid and, you know, I, people deserve, you know, for you to work, work for their vote.
1: Well, and, and, and I mean, and you, you can stay on this as much as you want, but like in, in New York, we had famously this, this past election cycle, some problems on the Democratic line. And uh, the state party chairman, Jay Jacobs, and I think quite rightly is taking some slack from that. And I think a lot of that, like, the state party wasn't pushing for that kind of door-to-door sales of politics that they should be pushing for. It's hard work, yeah. It it is hard work. Uh, The state party had the money to hire people to do it or to... Like encourage volunteers, quote in volunteers, uh, to to do that type of work, and 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 they didn't do it, and you know, like you know, I w- we had Jeff Kelly on a couple of weeks ago when we talked about uh, the election, and um, we're we're all thankful that uh, Governor Hokel won re-election over Lee Zeldin, um, but you know, I I anticipate when I look at her campaign finance filings. She had millions of dollars in the campaign account that she didn't spend. Now, I know Lee Zeldin, when I look at his filings, I expect that like, he's going to have a deficit. They're going to be raising money to pay off what, well, what, he, what he what he had. But Kathy Hochul is going to have millions of dollars left over that she didn't spend, and it was a lot closer than it needed to be. It could have helped the some of the down-ballot races a little bit, made it a little bit easier for them. And again, I get back to like the at the state level, like you know, they kind of said like, "Well, win your race or don't." It's not on us. If if at the county level, if the county chairman said that to people, people would riot. That's essentially what the state chair said. Um, so I'm not asking you to say that Jay Jacobs should be replaced, <laughs>
3: but do you think he should be replaced? <laughs> next question <laughs> you, you I, i'll I'll circle back that that a lot of folks i think now realize that this, uh, you need a strong team and that if there's volatility on the, at the top of the ticket can trickle down yeah um, and you know I, I think it's one of those things also you know when scary was the last in the ballot we're like make sure you you go all the way down right you know there's there's no off because you know those have real-world implications um, if if you drop off you know halfway in through your ballot um, or you're only happy happy with the first top half you know all politics is, is local and mm-hmm. and you know empowering you um, you know, folks that shouldn't be in office uh, is, is harmful. No,
1: uh,
2: absolutely. Well, Mitch Nowakowski, thank you for joining us here today on the square. Uh, We're excited for uh, your, for for your hopeful reelection. Um, You know, we're, we're pulling for you. Um, And, and hopefully we see you before a year. So we can get you that smoking jacket, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we,
1: we get you that jacket. Uh, I mean, you know, like, look, obviously we're, we're, we're supportive of you. Like, I mean, disclosure on my part like i don't know about anybody else but i've given money to your campaign before i anticipate giving money to your campaign again
3: (laughs) thank you thank you so races are expensive and and it's one of those things i uh i always feel like i'm on the verge of throwing up um, on my way to a fundraiser that i have to have (laughs) it's like really nerve-wracking i I only give money so i can hang out with gary yes i I, I know he might start (laughs) dancing yeah well now he can't now he won't be there uh, oh, I lost, oh. I lost, I lost my backup dancer.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, it's, it's, you'll have to invite me over to. He leave. also yeah, salsa right. too so. yeah, yeah, for yeah. for dinner at your house. Yeah,
3: we're gonna just have to have a big old barbecue. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Gary will literally salsa dance on the sidewalk.
2: Uh-huh. Excellent. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're excited to have you back here today. Uh, anything you want to get out there? Social media. I know we said it doesn't. It matters less, but if if it matters to some people, right. uh, Is there any social media you want to get there? Anything in general you want to plug? At the moment?
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, if, if folks, you know, you know, can follow me, and and you know, there's there's times where you know, I think, you know, I oftentimes always hear when somebody is mad at me or or disappointed in me, but I'd also mm-hmm. like to hear f- from folks that you know are supportive of something that I'm doing because their voices really do matter, and uh, you know, I just think that, you know, just to circle back to to the governor's race, my district has received a lot of money that is, you know, let's, let's, let's be honest, Broadway Fillmore in certain sections that I represent have been left, you know, abandoned for, for decades. So now that we're seeing a lot of state investment coming for infill housing and coming in for, you know, large scale projects um, to really to revitalize neighborhoods um, is super important. And, and, you know, I, I certainly want to work hard to see all that money, uh, you know, be spent spent well and to really uplift the neighborhood. Awesome. What's your? Uh, is it just at Mitch Nowakowski on Twitter? It's at Mitch for Fillmore. At Mitch for Fillmore on Twitter. Okay. And then obviously on Facebook, you can just search the book. The, have you noticed more of our friends lately? Or, you know, I, I'll talk to people and they'll say, oh, I'm taking a break from social media. And I, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm hearing that more. Well, commonly, Twitter,
0: obviously, I think people have issues with. I'm going
3: down yeah. with that ship.
0: Right? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Well, we'll see how long that lasts, though. Right. I, I, I'm not a big do
3: you need a person. job at Twitter <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get some vacant postings
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I will
2: never work for Twitter as long as Elon <laughs> Musk is
0: in charge let's put it that way
2: <laughs> yeah no I'm I'm with you man I, like I said everybody's taking a break from social media yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it's, it's a lot it's bad That'd for your brain be, it but, is yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we'd be better off as a society if uh, social media platforms just just kind of failed for a couple of years just well, remember when you went down.
3: when you'd have conversations with folks and you talked about the same thing because it was the same newspaper. Yes, it was right, the right. same article. Yeah, yeah. you almost were able to discuss and have a good hearty discussion because you were discussing with the same facts. Yep, right. Yep. You know, and you just you didn't get to just t- you know tailor it to to your proclivities of of interest.
2: Right. It was it was a little bit better in that regard. Right now we've all got the blinders on, and now like you would talk about two different. A lot of what we talked about today, to be honest with you, it comes down to like the very narrow. Um, curated news people develop for right. I mean, themselves yeah, yeah. I,
1: mean, ap- I mean that's absolutely the case with Sandy Magnano right like the people who support her like they're they're on like this curated news cycle yeah but
2: anyway if you're listening thank you for curating us <laughs> as
1: part yeah. of your uh, news
2: or, or whatever you call what we do and uh, thanks again Mitch we'll see you soon
3: absolutely thanks Mitch
1: Ding.